0: Welcome to Safety Chats. Host Jason Stark, Director of Safety at Baldwin Safety and Compliance, shares decades of aviation experience and a passion for safety. Let's get started with this week's Safety Chat.
1: Hello all, welcome to the Baldwin Safety Chat. Today, I want to start way back in 1776, and we know that's a big date for the United States, but there's also a book published called The Wealth of Nations by Adam Smith, and this is kind of a book that served as the foundation for capitalism. But one of the things Adam Smith talked about in the book, In the Wealth of Nations, is this idea of specialization. And he talked about the greater the specialization you have in the economy, the greater the efficiency you can have in producing products and services uh, to the general public. And obviously, the more money you can make uh, with that efficiency and that effectiveness. When we talk about this idea of specialization, we're we're talking about the division of labor. When we look around today, what we do, even in aviation, we, we take it for granted. I mean, it's just so natural. Like, why would me as a pilot, would I want to be my own controller, be my own mechanic, be my own airplane fueler, be my own marshaller? it. Okay, I'll grant the argument that sometimes we are. um, In some organizations, we wear more than one hat. But generally speaking, we have these divisions of labor. And rightfully so, by having divisions of labor, especially in our flight departments, it helps increase efficiency maybe some of you have seen in smaller flight departments when you have to wear more than one hat just by lack of resources that efficiency sometimes suffers you know, i've dealt with flight departments where you know they have to do everything associated with flight crew um which would be you know checking weather flying flight plans, all that good stuff But they would also be responsible for hotel reservations, trip itineraries for the primaries. And you can see that that puts a load, and there isn't that division of labor, so it reduces efficiency. Long story short, we do have the division of labor in aviation, and necessarily so, I would argue. It really helps things go a lot more smoothly. There is a problem with division of labor. It's really interesting. Again, I'm referencing a book by Dr. Margaret Heffernan that talks about uh, willful blindness. It's interesting with the division of labor, there are sometimes, and oftentimes I should say, comes an element of blindness. And what I mean by that is that when we outsource a particular function, when we outsource a particular task we tend to lose oversight of it and what do i mean by that say now say for example for like a typical flight department that may outsource maintenance and therefore, um, the maintenance is not happening necessarily in their hangar or by their people necessarily following their procedures all the time. It is something where we become blind to some of the actions of the organizations we outsource to. And it can even, even with FBOs, if we outsource certain things like customs or outsource catering, just in any segment when we have to outsource, and because of that division of labor, that specialization, things that we don't necessarily want to do or support doing, we want to outsource it because it's a specialization, we tend to lose sight. When we lose sight, that is when problems can happen. That's when you could end up not knowing what the outsourced entity is doing. And more importantly, you don't know necessarily, or you may be blind to the potential risk that what that entity, that outsourced entity is doing, the problems it could bring into your organization so let me try another example the case where you may be dealing with a mro as part of their organization they're not really keen on fatigue management basically hey we have to get the work done that's their culture they're very they're very production oriented culture without knowing that combined with potentially other pitfalls or circumventing controls there could be a a mistake made on your aircraft or an error in the maintenance But the problem is we we don't know what's going on because we're blind to it, because we've outsourced that. We've taken and put the responsibility to do a particular job In another entity. With that being said, when we outsource and we're not aware of how things are done or what products are being used or what policies they have in place, like for example, for fatigue or for tool control, we we don't know what we don't know. And then by not knowing, we can inadvertently bring those problems back into our organization. And that, to me, is actually really disconcerting, And especially when I look at this and what uh, Margaret Heffernan argues as being problematic in not only our industry, but it, it has been problematic in manufacturing, it's been problematic in services industry, this idea that we're blind to what somebody is doing on our behalf. But what somebody is doing that we've hired them to do, and not knowing how they do it, or like I said, with what they do it with, we we do address this in safety management systems to a degree, I, I would argue, and that would be under safety assurance and specifically surveillance or this idea of evaluating internal evaluation or evaluation just in general. When I think of this, when I think of this topic, especially surveillance, it's not necessarily just surveillance of what we're doing in our own organization. I think it's important to see and the try to put this in, in terms, but where do we have holes in our nice little bubble of an organization where risk can end up coming in? And this risk coming in due to the fact that we don't have complete 100% oversight of the organizations that we outsource to. I think the best way that we can plug those holes is identifying, well, what are our requirements that somebody needs to meet in order to work on our aircraft or, or whatever the outsourcing function is? What are our requirements How does it have to be done? Now, I think that's only half the story because, again, we're not necessarily there watching them do that job. And there could be a lot of lip service or pencil whipping. But I think it's important that we are able to see the end product before it comes back into our nice bubble to evaluate it to ensure that it meets our specification that everything has been done correctly so that before we put it into service, we haven't inadvertently brought risk in. One of the examples she gives is a company. They became very famous for having non-BPA metal bottles. They were huge in that, and then they had a really good following because, well, because they were friendly to the environment, and they really touted the fact that they didn't have these chemicals in there like some of the plastic bottles that we, we see that are harmful to us and harmful to the environment. And it turns out that they actually outsourced the manufacturing of the internal elements of the bottle. Upon discovery, they found that there actually were BPAs in the materials they were using to fabricate these bottles, these 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 drink controls. Containers. And as a result, at the very least, the organization had an egg on their face saying, okay, well, yeah, there were chemicals in your water bottles, even though we said they weren't. But at the very worst, they do have a potentially harmful effect on, on humans and, and where they didn't know it. So we might ask, well, well, how could that have been avoided? Well, one of them, what they did is they obviously they inspected a plant and found that there were BPAs going into the materials. That is one good idea, I think. Maybe we can do an inspection, watch them do the maintenance at some point. So for some of us, that's not realistic. But they could have also, as at the point of receiving these from their outsourced manufacturer, maybe do a test, maybe test for those chemicals within their bottles before they put them out to the public. Even if it's a random test or sampling, um, they could sample them to ensure that they did not contain the BPAs that were promised not to be in there. I think that's where we can leverage. We can set policies. We can evaluate our vendors. We can evaluate those individuals we outsource to to see do they have certain things in place that are supposed to safeguard against having a deficient defense or dangerous product come back to us. But I think it's also important for us to say, before we put this into service, let's inspect it to ensure that they are meeting the performance requirements. For maintenance, that could be prior to go back. One of your own mechanics looks at it. They're at least a FOD check to see if anything was left behind. Whatever it may be, be in the case of like catering, maybe you can do like a temperature check, freshening check. Kind of last lines because we can be blind to what these vendors are doing. And while we may audit them and we may ensure that they meet certain standards, we have to really trust the case that they're constantly meeting those standards every single day without failure or deviation to meet this product, which is sometimes a stretch. So it might behoove us before the product comes into us, before it becomes part of what we're giving to our clients, that we ensure it does meet specs. And so that if we have been blind to how they're doing things, at least we can have our eyes wide open prior to bringing the product into our operation that it truly is safe and what we promise. Because remember, we make a promise that we want to provide reliable lift or we want to provide reliable ground handling. And part of that is, you know, especially if we're outsourcing catering, that we're not going to give them something that's getting them sick. Or if it's if it's a case of flight, that we're not going in an aircraft that's not airworthy. And I know a lot of organizations already do this, but when we put it in this context, what we're doing, it's not just basically an exercise to meet regulations or to meet a standard, but it's an exercise to protect us, especially from our own blindness, yeah. <laughs> when it comes to this division of labor and the outsourcing to a specialized organization. I just want to get you thinking on where do you outsource in your organization, and what kind of oversight do you have, and what is the criticality of the product? I guess that's a good place to start. What is the criticality of the product that you're outsourcing to your operations or to your clients? What kind of oversight do you have, if any? How blind are you to what they're doing? Is it the case where we just say, here is what I want you to deal with, deal with it, and then? give it back to me or do we evaluate them to ensure that they're following certain standards and then finally when the product comes back to us from that outsourced entity do we evaluate it prior to putting into operations to ensure that it actually does meet our specifications I hope it makes sense. I hope at least inspires thought, lets you look in your organization for opportunities to address this and just makes you better, make you safer. Thank you so much. We'd love to have your feedback. We'd love to have any topics that you want to talk about. Thank you so much for listening. Be safe.
0: This podcast is brought to you by Baldwin Safety and Compliance, the leader in safety management for the transportation industry. Since 2004, Baldwin has been providing state-of-the-art solutions and 24-7 support to the aviation and transportation industries. Baldwin's clients include all sizes and types of transportation operators, Baldwin provides safety and related business services to commercial and non-commercial transportation operators, medical transporters, FBOs, MROs, airports, flight schools, UAS operators, firefighters, OEMs, ground transport operators, and others. Visit baldwinsms.com to discover how Baldwin can enhance your organization's safety program.